This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty? sizzling to perfection. It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Really glad to go ahead and have our next guest. By the way, I want to go ahead and shout out our friends at It's a Dog's Life with Angel Ardolino and Hernando Yumana, who actually was uh, gracious enough to go ahead and introduce us to our next guest. Um, you know, he co-hosts and uh, helps to produce the program behind the scenes. And he introduced us to our next guest, who currently serves as a cannabis and intellectual property attorney at Bressler, Emory & Ross, and also serves as outside general counsel for the National Organization for Minorities for Medical Marijuana. She also sits on the state and federal policy committee for the National Organizations uh, for the National Organization, the Minority Cannabis Business Association, and she's been recently named one of New Jersey's top 20 cannabis influencers for her work advocating for social justice and social equity for the minority community. So today we're going to talk about the legalization efforts now that 
New Jersey is now officially a state that has legalized cannabis. Here with me right now is Jessica Gonzalez. Jessica, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you again. I'm really glad to have you on. There's so much that we talked about. <clears throat> we actually had a show that was on. Uh, we had another uh, attorney uh, hosted a show called Cannabis Realities with us that did delve a little bit into New Jersey, but that was, of course, prior to legalization. As we know now, cannabis became legal in New Jersey as of January 1st of this year. Uh, of course, you served as a member of the New Jersey's a Cannabis 2020 Coalition that ran widely a successful campaign to get cannabis legalized in New Jersey. So first off, talk to me about the impact that the state has gotten from legalization thus far. Uh, just the initial response and how, uh, well, obviously we're gonna get into the weeds of how this, uh, the implementation and how things are gonna be rolled out, but just the initial response from the community and uh, the efforts that you put into it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, if we want to rewind right back to around July of last year is really when NJ can began the coalition to push forward for equitable legalization. And so this coalition was made up of ACLU, NAACP, lawyers, doctors, and I was tapped on um, in order to spearhead it in terms of social equity. So we ran a campaign that was centered on social justice and social equity, and it ended up being the most successful cannabis campaign in the country, with 67% of New Jersey residents, almost 3 million residents, voting in favor of cannabis legalization. It won in every single county in New Jersey, which is why it was so successful. Now, the problem, though, is, right, there is this assumption that now it's been officially legalized because our Constitution automatically legalized it uh, January 1st of this year. However... Oh, well, well, hold you before you go there. Whoa, I, I know where you're going to go with that, and I want to ask you about that in a moment. <laughs> but I, I want to take it still on the positive end before we go into the what is actually, it's legalized, but it's not legalized, uh, right. air quotes in the air. But um, a couple of things I have to imagine is that of obviously... Neighbors to the west of you in New York crossed the bridges and tunnels. The mm-hmm. fact that they did not get to that first, the actual fact that also during the pandemic, the issues of just trying to go ahead and get the word out because of lockdowns, because of just issues with health. And, you know, the idea that New Jersey should understand that Governor Murphy should understand the legislation, legislature should understand of the windfall, the money that would come in for tax dollars as a result of this and why it was a no brainer for New Jersey to go ahead and, and come on board. Right. And New Jersey was really seen as the catalyst, right? It was what was going to catalyze the Northeast to really hop on this legalization train. And we knew that it would have this effect, right? And now we have Governor Cuomo out in New York, you know, you know um, stating, you know, that he wants to push forward, that it's going to be included in the budget, right? We've heard this tune um, now for three years, but now with the pressure that New Jersey is putting on, I do anticipate that it will follow through. Our neighbors also in Connecticut are pushing through, and then Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania has also ad- has been advocating for cannabis legalization as well. Um, and so what's going to end up happening is if, you know, if you New Jersey, um, you know, kind of continues really this delay a lot of these other states are really going to come on board and really start taking advantage of that kind of first mover advantage at least when we're, we're speaking in the in the tri-state area 
Now, I know I cut you off. I'm sorry. I But I wanted to get now to where we want to definitely get to because really the bulk of the rest of this episode is going to go through the actual implementation and to let everybody understand why it's might be, but in terms, just by, you know, by phrasing, yes, legalization is in place, but there are so many. It's it, And it's amazing how similar this is to Canada because there are so many different things that come to how people in Canada also feel like if they're getting pulled over and the issues they have of what their rights are and what they're allowed to do and just the per, the process of being able to go and buy. And, she, and also Illinois and Chicago, I know the same thing happened there. We also talked to guests that also had that same issue. So this is nothing new. But again, New right. Jersey is just another anomaly altogether. Now, let me go and read this real quick. Forbes.com reported about a significant catch to the legalization. All the laws on the books outlawing cannabis possession – Use and sales are still in effect. The only legal quote-unquote protection that cannabis users in New Jersey currently enjoy is a polite request from the state attorney general who has asked police to not any arrest anyone for cannabis. So, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn. You're the, you're the attorney. Go ahead and please kind of just give us the, the whole gamut here about why it's, uh, we have to deal with protections and we have to deal with the fact that uh, of how what is in effect and what is what people need to be aware of. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, back in November, when the law, you know, when, when we voted this in November 3rd, they introduced legislation three days later. Um, and the reason why it happened so quickly and they were trying to get this so quickly is because they were up against this January 1st constitutional deadline. Um, and now we are past that deadline and the sky has not fallen, right? Um, however, what's happening now is if you ask five different attorneys, what does it mean that our constitution has legalized it, but we don't have a regulatory framework and we don't have the bill outlining such, what does that mean? You're going to get five different answers, um, whether or not you are allowed um, to legally possess it at this moment. What the attorney general did was he did issue guidelines and he just said, you know, we want we don't want to continue the arrest. It doesn't make sense. New Jersey residents voted for it. Um, you know, the delay on the part of the legislation should not continue leading to arrest. The problem is, though, we're at January 26th as of today. That guideline ended January 21st. So within these five days, he has there has not been another issuance of further guidance. Um, and so technically, as of January 22nd, if police wanted to continue arrest and if courts wanted to continue adjudicating such arrests, they technically could. And so New Jersey consistently ranks in the top three states for highest cannabis arrests, which is why it was imperative that this law get passed or in the interim, while this law was being fleshed out, to pass a decriminalization bill in order so it could give really a buffer room. So within these months where we're going back and forth with the legislation and in this really this tug of war, that at least folks would not continue to get arrested and basically, you know, wasting judicial resources for now, something that doesn't make sense. I want to ask um, real and quick. Really and let me just jump in real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, before we get to that, what was the rule so far if anybody had medical marijuana and they had a card, if they were able to go ahead and show that card to an officer, would there still be some kind of a penalty that would re either a misdemeanor or, or some kind of a felony that it would receive? No. If you had a medical card, then you were able to show that you could legally possess it, although it did have to be under a certain amount. And you may would have had to show that you actually both had the, just the, the prescription, but also to make sure that it was in a bag that was from a dispensary. Right. And so why that is really important 
important is because when we voted on this, the ballot question stated, do you agree to legalize a form of marijuana called cannabis? And so what the state is interpreting this is cannabis is, well, weed that is legally obtained from a dispensary. Marijuana is weed that is not obtained from a dispensary. And I want to and hold so it right important. there because we've yep. got to go to commercial break, but you are taking me right to where we're going to go next to understand the language and how how the interpretation of a cannabis and marijuana is and how it's just really, it's just, uh, it's mind-blowing how confusing it can be. So we're going to go and untangle all that. I'm here with Jessica Zoss, Esquire, cannabis and IP attorney, with the law office of Bressler, Amory, and Ross. I'm here with her, and we're going to get to you with more about the issues when it comes to legalization in New Jersey of cannabis here on Blunt Business after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. I'm here with Jessica F. Gonzalez, Esquire, who's with Bressler, Amory, and Ross, talking about the legalization issues of cannabis in the state of New Jersey. So more from the Forbes article, and I want to just point out to listeners, you can look for the article, uh, look for it, it's titled, New Jersey Legalized Cannabis, But Marijuana is Still Legal. What Went Wrong with Legalization? Chris Roberts wrote about that. Taking some of that real quick as I'm asking Jessica more about this. Now, before the break, you talked about the terminology as they're about the understanding of what's going on with uh, cannabis right now. And there's a, there's a weird wrinkle in the cannabis legalization bill, which you probably, you know, we mentioned before the break, the fact that um, it's something that's not one that's not seen in any other state, strictly speaking until a bill decriminalizing all marijuana in the state passes the legislature and is signed by governor Phil Murphy only quote unquote cannabis bought in a New Jersey store is legal in the state. Everything else is marijuana and still illegal. So I want to give some context to explain this to folks. Question one added a paragraph to the state constitution that said that quote cannabis is lawful and subject to regulation. End quote. That's this is the legal lesson. Always know what words mean. The same paragraph defined what cannabis is and what cannabis isn't and what cannabis is not is, quote, unquote, unregulated cannabis referred to as marijuana. I'm, I can't even figure that out real quick. So here we are. <laughs> New Jersey's one of the 15 U.S. states where either voters or state lawmakers have legalized, but not marijuana and not at all until state lawmakers and Governor Murphy, who promised to legalize within his first 100 days in office, can figure this out. So. Why do we have this confusion of terminology 
and isn't it feels like this was met on purpose to really just confuse everybody so that there's no way to have one uniform regulation across the board. Yeah, and, and you're correct. And that's actually, you know, when the question actually was first proposed and, and it passed, um, everybody was very confused. And one of the issues with this question was, are, are voters going to understand what the question even entails? Because, you know, a, a controlled form of marijuana called cannabis, if it was to remain, you know, in line with the Controlled Substance Act, then it wouldn't really make sense because the Controlled Substance Act just defines marijuana just as, you know, what cannabis is, right? When you split it into cannabis, right, you have hemp and marijuana. That's how it's looked at. New Jersey seemed to have took an extra step um, and just divided it into what's legal and what's not. So really in New Jersey, cannabis is legal. Marijuana is not. One is obtained from a dispensary. The other one is not. And that's still particularly very dangerous. And so even when adult use is finally um, legal and Governor Murphy signs the law, if you are stopped and if your cannabis is not in a bag or a container that came from a dispensary, the presumption could be that you acquired it illegally. And so it is important for folks that it doesn't mean that just because it's legalized and you can have, you know, um, an ounce or less means that you can walk around with it. But it does what it does mean is that you're going to need to ensure that you have proof that it actually came from a legal dispensary. And that type of distinction is just really important because we know how police interactions can go and how dicey they can get. I mean, shouldn't this have been something that should have been addressed? I mean, can't there be something where the legislature can kind of amend what question one entailed as they implement this new law? I mean, what, is there anything uh, that can go back to, you can go back to court to try to weed this out and to try to make it where cannabis and marijuana are one and the same? Well, given the fact that we voted on it, it's going to be very difficult to go back and change that question. And that could actually open up even more lawsuits because folks, you know, may say, well, that's not the question that I voted for in the first place. Oh, wow. I just I mean, that should have been something, I guess. Um, I wish there was some way to go ahead and kind of get that understanding. But again, this is, we're talking with politicians. You know, right. it's I don't want to go and put everybody under the rug. But you know what? These days, I don't trust many politicians anymore, or if any at all. And. The, the fact that the lawmakers put this together and, you know, the thing is, the only way, I mean, the best remedy, I guess, for this is, I mean, it has to be a decriminalization. There just has to be that that, that covers, like, it's, it has to be some kind of an immunity altogether. Yeah. So what kind of remedies could be brought up at this point? So one thing, right, that, that folks may not be aware about is we have two bills currently pending. One of them is a decriminalization bill, and then the other one is the adult use bill. And I know some folks have asked, well, why do we need a decriminalization bill if we have an adult use one coming into play? And that's exactly for this reason. Adult use is going to legalize cannabis that you get from a dispensary. A decriminalization bill is not going to legalize, you know, quote unquote marijuana, but it is going to decriminalize it for an, um, for an ounce or less. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are these really kind of nuances within these both bills, but unfortunately both have not been signed just yet, just creating more ambiguity as to really what is legal now and what is not. And to get to that point, I know that we're seeing that, uh, that the, the, right now at the moment, you, like you said, the state has to pass legalization and decriminalization bills. And they have to get it to Governor Murphy. And it was supposed to happen before year's end of 2020, but was delayed December 28th. 
Uh, Governor Murphy proposed adding fines for underage use. Uh, bill was sent back to lawmakers December 29th, and I guess they're still waiting to make changes. Nothing has uh, changed, I guess, since uh, as of press time. And that Governor Murphy could sign both the bills within days. But at this moment, um, how far in the process do, uh, do you know of that Governor Murphy is closer to signing those bills or having them on his desk? So it seems that they are inching closer to some sort of you know resolution. Um, and on this issue, really, that they're harping on, which is adding fines for underage use, there the issue was really that it didn't speak to really underage use, right? And this is something that could have been caught had we not rushed a bill against this really, what I would consider an arbitrary timeline. They all kept saying it has to be done by January 1st. That's right. why we're rushing it. That was a justification. But as we can see now, it's, we're already almost a month in. The sky hasn't fallen. We actually did have the time to pass a meaningful and thoughtful bill, but that didn't particularly occur. And so now um, there are two folks inside of the aisle. On one side of the aisle, they want it to be very specific what happens if juveniles are um, are caught with cannabis, because if not, then it's up to discretion of police, and we know how that can go. <laughs> then the other side says, well, if we do add language in there, then it seems like we're still criminalizing youths, um, and that was really that wasn't the purpose of this bill at all. That wasn't the purpose of this movement. This is not what people voted for. Right. And so, you know, based on what I'm hearing, that there has been a bit more um, negotiation going on, and that this should be an issue that, in my opinion, could be resolved pretty easily. But the fact that it hasn't been gives me an inkling that there's a little bit more going on, that there's a little bit more to this tug of war between Trenton and the governor that we are not um, privy to, just because I find it very difficult to believe that with all the resources that we have, that we can't figure out what happens with underage um, possession. Uh, so I think there's a lot more than what we're seeing, but I do hope that we push forward at least in the next two weeks because there is a timeline. Once the bills pass, Murphy really only has about 45 days to decide whether or not he's going to sign it. So there is also the possibility that if he doesn't sign it, it's between somewhere between February 4th and February 8th, that it would automatically become law. Um, so there's also that caveat as well. One thing I was asking, and this is a side question, kind of all, all the way out to the tangent. Um, Governor Cory Booker, who is a very big proponent uh, overall of national, uh, nationwide legalization and has put out a bill to support. Uh, I know he still has um, quite a bit of attachment to being the mayor of New York. Uh, also, I would imagine, I guess he still has a lot of attachment when it comes to New Jersey and what was going on there uh, in the political scene there. Has there been any outreach to him to help kind of help kind of draw the right direction on this at all? There has been certain um, outreach um, and speaking to his office and asking him to really, you know, come and, you know, really assist in that. Um, it hasn't been too much movement in that way, but I do know that there have been certain groups that have contacted his office for some additional support and a little extra nudging, though I'm not so sure, you know, what the progress of that is. Right. Because I would just imagine that, you know, first of all, as a, as a nationwide uh, look, I mean, I would like to see where, I mean, he had a lot of things from the bill he wanted to put together, which was good. I mean, decriminalization, as a, where the more act was being put out and passed, again, a tangent, mm -hmm. is a great thing to have. But again, to continue to try to go state after state and fight that fight to get legalization to a certain point where it's just inevitable that it becomes a nationwide uh, point of uh, distinction. Now, uh, back to this. In, when it comes to the regulation, let's go ahead and move on the regulation real quick, because this also is another, you know, it feels like another landmine here. So 
once uh, Governor Murphy signs for regulation and the criminalization or just or the legalization, um, there's the implementation of the state's Cannabis Regulatory Commission. Of course, there's always got to be some advisory board that handles this. Uh, it'll be fully appointed and a five person body must issue regulations within six months of the effective date of the law of every part of the industry from growing to distribution. So. Uh, with that said, is there anything being done, I guess, beforehand to go ahead and try to see who's going to be appointed here and what kind of expectations this governing body is going to have? Will there be any kind of standards they're going to follow that other states are doing more stringent, um, things like that? And also, uh, a couple of years ago, I talked about uh, with uh, Jonathan Loiterman. He's also an attorney and uh, was based in Chicago, Illinois talking about the issues of the Illinois uh, tax regulations for cannabis growers, mm-hmm. having permit uh, fees for $100,000 for growers, 30000 for retailers, lower fees from applicants from minority areas, uh, you know, 5% total sales, $500,000 of a business development fee. You'd have cultivators and processors paying 7% of gross sales or dispensaries, consumers paying a 10% sales tax, all these different taxes, just, you know, nickel and diming away. And are you getting anything like that that might be coming up from the CRC when it comes together? Because obviously they must be having, again, six months is not much time to get everything put together. They're going to have to do some legwork beforehand. Correct. And so actually, so when, so I'll answer this twofold. So first with the Canvas Regulatory Commission, um, four people have already um, been announced for for positions. Mm -hmm. Um, So the executive director who is going to be Jeff Brown, and he right now is the commissioner at the Department of Health who's currently overseeing the medical program. He'll be the executive director. Diana Wainu was appointed as the chair. She's former ACLU and a former policy director with Governor Murphy. Um, And then Governor Murphy still has two more appointments that he has to make. Um, The speaker has already made his appointment um, as well as the state Senate president. But what we're waiting for is is Governor Murphy's last two picks for that. So that's so as soon as that's appointed, that's when their timelines are going to kick in as to when they have to um, put out regulations. There's obviously going to be a public comment period, and then they need to adopt those regulations. And from the moment they adopt it, there's a certain amount of time from when they have to begin accepting applications. But on the tax issue, um, what the the CRC, the Cannabis Regulatory Commission, is going to have uh, deference over is a social equity excise fee that is currently contemplated in the bill. And this would be done at the cultivation level. Um, And it's going to be based on the price per ounce at that time. And this is going to be completely up to the discretion of of the CRC if they want to implement this social equity excise fee. They actually can't call it a tax because when we voted on the ballot question, it already let us know what the taxes were. So the tax that we're looking at is 6.625%, which is the state sales tax. And then each municipality can enact another tax of up to a maximum of 2%, depending on the type of cannabis operation. So if you're looking at it, you might say, oh, wow, so we're going to see an 8.625% cannabis tax rate. That'll be the lowest in the country. But municipalities are able to stack them, meaning, you know, if you have a cultivation processing, they can say, well, cultivation, you're going to give me 1% processing, you're going to give me two. Eventually, this is all going to come down to the consumer. But when we look at it as a tax line item, we're just going to see the sales tax and the municipal tax, but there's going to be other taxes in play. 
if the commission decides that they want to implement the social equity excise fee, then that's going to be done strictly at the cultivation level. And 100% of that tax money is to go into social equity programs um, for folks from um, socially and economically disadvantaged communities. So I don't think we're going to see a sales tax as low as 8.625%. I think even if we don't see it as a tax line item, there are going to be a lot of taxes that the, that the cities put on these different operations because they can stack them that eventually is just going to flow to the consumer. And I would imagine that when you're dealing with all this, there's also going to be a point where um, the proximity of cities, you know, for those that want to go ahead and say, okay, who's going to cross it from New York City to go ahead and buy or people coming in from Philadelphia to the south, that you're going to get more people wanting to license, say, near Trenton or near, I guess, Jersey City, I guess it would be, that would be, or Newark, that they will want to be closer to, because there might not be so much that will be from New Jersey itself, but you're going to have those big metropolitan areas that people are going to go and cross over to buy. So I would imagine that's where we're going to see most of the traffic. Absolutely. And, you know, New Jersey gets, you know, 100 million visitors a year and they're going to be coming from, you know, all sorts of the the state. Um, And that's one of the issues that I think a lot of these states, you know, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York are looking at is they're going to say, well, we don't want our folks going over there and giving New Jersey our tax money. Right. But if we look, you know, at what New York is doing, they proposed a tax depending on the THC level. Um, And that tax is looking anywhere around 20 to 30 something percent. So when I see something like that, I'm just with the way that I think is you're just incentivizing folks to come over into New Jersey, take advantage of our lower tax bracket. So I think that's going to be something that these neighboring states have to keep in mind is you're all going to be competing on who's going to have the lowest tax bracket. So I'm here again with Jessica Gonzalez, Esquire, cannabis and IP attorney uh, in the state of New Jersey uh, for the office of the, the firm of Bressler, Amory, and Ross. We're going to be back with final questions with Jessica after a short break. Stay with us, folks. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with final questions with Jessica Gonzalez with the office of Bressler, Amory, and Ross. And I, uh, by the way, congratulations. I see you're already uh, celebrating your first anniversary with the firm. And, um, yes. you know, you've done so much work, I guess, it, when it comes to uh, getting, uh, giving us so much. Really, first of all, thank you for giving us information on New Jersey here. It's so important. And uh, before I get to my last question, I want to ask about the, uh, the part when you talk about social equity and the opportunity. Uh, will there be any opportunity zones? The kind of things, obviously, that are close to your heart when it comes to really just for social justice and, and for social equity as well. I want to get your take uh, as to what New Jersey is doing so far in that respect, what you think about that. And is that something that will be a focus for you uh, with your firm if people are looking out to uh, be a licensed uh, grower or cultivator or a, a, a store where people can buy at? 
Yeah, sure. So when I first, you know, joined the the um, NJCAN, the coalition, um, my whole purpose being on there was we have to make sure that we steer this conversation towards social equity and social justice. Yeah. Um, and so when we looked at the adult use bill that New Jersey tried to pass in 2019, the word social equity didn't appear once. And then when they introduced the bill three days after we voted on it, it still didn't say social equity at all. It didn't really have many provisions. It had what I would call your basic bare minimum provisions, right, of having percentage allocations for certain demographics. You know, right now we have 15 percent of all licenses are to go to minority certified businesses, another 15 percent to go to women or disabled veteran minority certified businesses. We are going to have micro licenses as well, which if you would have asked me two months ago, I would have said, well, I think they're predatory in nature, but I advocated enough and I was successful enough to actually change the structure of the micro licenses such that they do, are they're now a viable model. Um, that was probably my greatest contribution to uh, the New Jersey bill. We are also going to have conditional licenses as well, and that depends on your salary requirement. Um, but it basically says, you know, if you have 75% of an application, you can submit and get a provisional license, and then you have 120 days to perfect. And then, of course, we have the social equity excise fee that we spoke about that's going to be at the discretion of the commission. Um, and really, the last thing we have is they are going to create what's called the Office of Minority disabled veteran and women's cannabis development. And this is the office who that is designated to oversee social equity and social justice measures. They are the office that are to provide education um, to the to the states. Um, they are the office that is going to make sure that these percentage allocations that I just mentioned are met and provide reports on who's getting licenses, who's not, are folks still getting arrested, what municipalities, you know, have high incarceration arrests. So there is, um, you know, this office that I, that I think it's one of my favorite parts of the bill is to create mm -hmm. such an office that really, um, you know, has, has this duty. But one of my main issues was, um, is that there wasn't funding specifically allocated to this office. And this office really doesn't have too much teeth in the way that I would want it to. But it right. is a first step and the beauty of the legislative process is it can always be amended um, and then we'll see you know on the regulatory level um, if they award them you know any more powers or able to kind of flesh out more what their obligations entail and this is something that's very it's a priority people just need to understand that the opportunities are going to be we don't know what's going to really you know, those people are cautiously optimistic about where things are going, uh, how the economy in each state and just around the country is going to be now with a transition to a new presidential administration. The idea is, will there be any changes to any tax laws or just what's going to go on as a result? But again, like you said, some steps are being made in the right direction. But again, it's good to hear that there can be things that can be amended and changed in the process. But again, we're still looking at things that are a slow build up to where implementation needs to be. One more thing I want to ask you about this is from a story from Curbed.com. So now in New Jersey, 12 licenses have been given to Alternative Treatment Centers, or ATCs, they are businesses which grow, process, and sell cannabis within the Garden State's uh, state lines. And each is allowed up to two second locations. So to even then buy adult use now, you don't have a traditional dispensary. Why these alternative treatment centers? Yeah, so these, so the, the term alternative treatment center is basically the medical operators that we have right now. We have 12 licensed ones. So the moment that they can certify that they can meet 
medical patient demand, they will be able to begin dispensing adult use cannabis. The problem is they've never been able to meet patient demand. Um, and the problem is, is that there still has not been an expansion of the medical cannabis program. <clears throat> so we have only have these 12 licensed operators. And there was a round in 2019 for 24 additional medical licenses. But that's been held up in a lawsuit now for over a year and a half, which has oh. really just restricted the medical market. But what it also does is it then gives these 12 license holders the ability to expand and create an even bigger monopoly that they have, which means they control the prices and they control the supply of the products. And there's no incentive to one lower cost and there's no incentive for product diversification because they're the only players in the game. And that's how it's been. Yeah. Jessica, I know you got a hard stop. Thank you so much for making time out for us today. Uh, website for your firm is Bresser, B R E. S S L E R dot com again. B R E S S L E R. And if people reach out to you, how can they best reach out to you? And why should they reach out to you? What what is it you're able to go and help the community there in New Jersey and abroad for those that are looking, you know, maybe they won't want to reach out to you for the issues of social justice and social equity in their state? Yep, sure. So I do actually consult. I've been helping consult in Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and New Jersey on social equity. So I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about that. I do assist on uh, state licensing and, of course, my bread and butter, which is intellectual property and helping protect and build cannabis brands in this space. So if anybody wants to reach me, um, you know, my Instagram, which is Cannabogada, C-A-N-N-A-B-O-G-A-D-A, um, or my email address, jgonzalez at bressler.com. Jessica, you were a really wonderful guest. Thank you for giving all this great information. And thank you, listeners, for listening to another edition of Blunt Business. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty? sizzling to perfection. It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.